Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special Friday program. We are going to be just taking calls and uh, me making comment on things. Look like I rolled right out of bed, which essentially is what I happened. I worked out. And, uh, <laughs> Susan, you got to tell me when I look quite this disheveled. But uh, we are, of course, out you look there. fine. We're out there on Twitter spaces. And of course, as always, I'll be watching you at the Rumble Rants and at the Restream. But we want your calls today. That's all we're going to do. We're going to dedicate it to you. I've got some. Your questions. Your questions. Not your calls. We don't have calls. What's the difference? Requests. Oh, but in order to be uh, asking your question, you've got to be, uh, request here at the Twitter spaces. I'm watching it, and I'll call you up to the podium. And when you come up uh, to be a speaker, you'll be streaming out on multiple platforms. And Leopold's here. Leopold, I see you there, right there at the at the on my list. I see Josh a lot of you. here. Alana's here. Yeah, everyone's here, and let's uh, let's get to a little conversation. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I've got first up, uh, Alana. I would love to talk about what we were just emailing back and forth about. So raise your hand. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Let's get to it. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin. Ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And I've already brought Ilana up there. Can you speak, Ilana? Do I have you? Yes, you have me. So I, I thought this would be interesting if we sort of uh, went into a, just for a couple minutes and what you and I were talking about via email. Um, yes. I, I'll give you a chance to kind of frame it. So, well, it started, I was with a, a really good friend for d dinner last night and she was, she has a medical background and was showing me this article and what we both sort of took out of it and we're reading more of the commentary was that vitamin D is not useful. So this is a, so this is a, this is a new England journal article yes. uh, that I actually had seen and uh, didn't know quite what to make of it, but uh, you pushed my face to the mirror a little bit and it made me take a little closer look at it. And I re the reason I want to talk about it is it illustrates how careful you have to be in reading medical literature and concluding anything in the process of science. It, yes. The, the best science asks very narrow questions. You, you're, and and I, in an ideal world, you're doing a, what's called a null hypothesis. You're actually testing that what you think is true is not true. And then you do a statistical analysis to show that, well, it not being true is highly improbable, therefore it must be true. That's science. And you have to ask lots and lots and lots of very narrow questions before you really understand what the science tells you. And then in medicine, you have to apply it. You have to see it in the real world. So uh, what did I say back to you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you explained it very well. And you said that it was looking specifically at just elder adults and fractures and didn't look at, I mean, I thought I should pull up the email. So, so I'll tell you what I said. It, it, is, yeah. it was, they, they took women that weren't selected for low bone mass. So already mm -hmm. anybody who already had a need for vitamin D sort of taken out of the equation. So, and then I, and then not only not with low bone mass, we get very aggressive these days with treating low bone mass to prevent fractures. And we mm -hmm. use a parathyroid hormone and we used osteoclast inhibitors, reclast, and you've heard these things, prolia and these medicines. Yes. And, and, and the vitamin D demands go up sometimes mm -hmm. when you need these things, or you want to push the osteoblast while you're paralyzing the osteoclast. And so yes. it's a, that is a totally different question then does a middle-aged woman have less risk of fracture on vitamin D? And you know what I didn't look at? How long did they go for? How long was the study? Seems to me to answer a question like that, it would have to be like 10 years. And I'm sure it was more, yeah. like, I'm sure it was more like 18 months, right? Yeah, I think it was short. I like the sample size that they had. Yep, the good sample size. It was not a bad question. It's a good question. Right. And it adds to our understanding of where vitamin D 
should be deployed optimally. But but it also, you know, I think people are aware that there's immune benefit to vitamin D. There may be lower cancer risk with vitamin D. In fact, in the prostate cancer world, I think vitamin D was the only thing ever shown to reduce the risk of, and this may be totally spurious, but there and there was one uh-huh. study that it might reduce the risk of prostate cancer becoming metastatic. So I take vitamin mm-hmm. D, you know, because there's right. this observation out there. But I, I, I just appreciate you asking the question. I just want to throw this out there for people so they, they stop. Because in this world now where everybody's an expert in infectious diseases, it, it makes me insane that one study becomes axiom. For instance, uh, Ilana, I, I, uh, Kelly Victory brought up a really interesting study that I still, I, I literally think about in the middle of the night, which was that study that's showing that hepatocytes, liver cells, have some sort of an obscure reverse transcriptase, meaning this is something that viruses have to be able to turn RNA to DNA so they can be replicated. And uh-huh. uh, apparently, I, I thought mammal cells and human cells did not have that. But this one study showed that it, maybe it does. So I don't know what to make of that one study. Have you seen that study? Did you look at it after we talked? I have about not it? looked at that. I, I'd be curious uh, on your thoughts. So, all right, I've got lots of calls to get to. Okay. So thank you for uh, playing anyway, along here. Thank, yeah, yeah. And just so you know, I did. I followed your directions and sent it off to my endocrinologist Great. of what should I do. And so, and, and please did. tell her to be critical of what I said. I'd be curious to get the feedback. That that okay. also is how science is done. Okay. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Uh, there we go. Let's get to it. This is uh, Michelle. Uh, and it's spelled comme en français, Michelle. <laughs> C'est vrai ça, oui? Michelle. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate all you do in the social media network to keep people posted on information. My question is in regard to post COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm 57, generally very healthy, came through perfectly. I'm very happy about all of that, but I've noticed my brain fog. Oh yeah. Good times. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. And I'm getting concerned. I had a grandmother with Alzheimer's. My mother did yeah. not, but so, do, how do you differentiate? So, so how long were you sick? Uh, July 4th. Oh yeah, you you kind of should have brain fog still. Was it a bit? Was it a even even when it's mild illness, you can still get brain fog for six weeks, easy, no problem. So you kind of should have that. I I I see no evidence yet. Again, don't know that this leads to any sort of progressive problem. Now, ten years down the line, who knows? Uh, And essentially. I'm trying to think if it's been actually every case, but very nearly every case I've seen the fog lifts. And, and I've seen fog from the vaccine too. Uh, it's not exclusively, it's something about the spike protein and the the vascular injury that it causes, the lining of the arteries. Um, personally, I had fog for like three months. And uh, may I tell you my own personal protocol, how I, how I dealt with yes. it? Yes, yes. I took fluvoxamine and uh, fluvoxamine helped with the fatigue and the ringing in my ears immediately. Uh, it was rather, rather striking. So you can talk to your doctor about fluvoxamine. I think I took 50 milligrams twice a day. I might have taken 100 twice a day. But mm-hmm. it's an interesting point. Did you see that study out recently that <laughs> became, again, ridiculous headlines that it turns out antidepressants don't raise serotonin. They don't have, they're not, yeah, we no shit. We know that it's a very <laughs> protean effect on the brain. And one of the effects is on the, sig- I think it's the sigma one receptor, which is an anti-inflammatory. And Prozac and fluvoxamine have very powerful anti-inflammatory effects on the brain, which is why they seem to work, particularly fluvoxamine, seems to work for, for COVID. Now, the other thing I did, and I really think this is what I would recommend to you, just friend to friend, I started studying language. I started working on languages. And it really, really helped. I just had this sense that music or language or dance, I have literally had the sense that all, any of those three, I don't know why, I just had the sense that if I worked out in that part of my brain, I would, I would clear. And I did rather quickly. Um, I've heard you talk about that with Adam. Yeah. And I've been working on my Spanish. I've taken up the ukulele just for fun. Good. good. To and, try, to but, try but, to get some, should I, should I be nervous about that fluvoxamine? I don't know why I am, but I am. Uh, well, 
you know, look, any medication you should be nervous about. Let's be True. clear. And if you and if you clear with some of these other, uh, you know, you know, exercise, walking, mm -hmm. pushing yourself, all, all those things, sleeping right, you know, do those things first for sure. Um, uh, you know, there are weird withdrawal syndromes from SSRIs, and there are weird. Uh, suppressions of sexual functioning that can be persistent. I've not seen any of that with the people that have taken fluvoxamine for a short period of time for this issue. So, well, I would give anything for the sexual piece to be a part of my life, but that's a topic for another day. Uh -oh, uh -oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just 57 and divorced and never chose to get into a relationship while I was raising kids. So again, uh -oh. topic for another day. Well, I'll just say that perimenopause is under uh, attended to women. And yeah. uh, Susan, do you want to ring in on this? Um, as she, yeah. She's going in for pellets in about an hour, right, aren't you? Oh, I am. Today's yeah. big pellet day. If, I have a girlfriend doing the same thing. She swears by it. I'm a two-time cancer survivor, so uh, I can't. What do you so mean? all that oh. perimenopause shit is yeah. so real, and we're not oh, talking I'm enough so about it. Oh, I, for cancer patients. We need patients, to figure out something else. I, I, if you listen to me and Adam, I think I guess it was last week. Was it me and Adam? But some some show I was on with in, in over Corolla. This woman called in was having desperation around the side effects of the hormone blocks. I mean, she was so miserable, and I was mm -hmm. like, "God, this is." I mean, the men get miserable too from the you know the essentially the medicines that block their their testosterone production for prostate cancer. I, I live in dread that that would ever have to happen to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyway, you yeah, know, I mean, I I, mean, I, I deal really with it. It's not. You really have to listen to your doctor about that, yeah, you know, yeah, or get sure. to a really oh, yes. good hormone. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Because you a lot guys. of they... some hormone specialists, I mean, some people say that it helps, but I, I, I isn't know. that what doctor? Yes, he does. But you, you talk, you listen to your oncologist. That's who you right. To, you do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, and and what they have suggested and allowed me to do is an insertable estrogen, just in vaginally. Well, just what about a what about testosterone? Bit. That would be the one that you really, really makes people feel better. That's the one. Yeah, that I don't have bad testosterone levels oh. either. Mine are good. Those are good. It, it's just I still. at least that's yeah, yeah. But still, yeah. <laughs> give you. And, and I wondered if testosterone would help with some of this post-COVID stuff, too, which is why I'm bringing it up. Did you go to an actual hormone specialist or just... No, I have not. I, You know what? I live in rural Kansas, and it is hard to find those people that yeah. aren't five or six hours away. And I'm I'm a professional. I work 90 hours a week, you know. Oh, and, Michelle. I, but I, and I need to take the time. Oh, my goodness. Well, I wonder if you can do it all virtually now with telemedicine. You know, you're right. That's how I treated my COVID or didn't treat because they wouldn't do anything for me. Mm. But I, I do have access to the fluvoxamine, and I'm going to give that some serious consideration. And, and you do, know that. Go ahead. You know. No, I was just going to say that rural piece yeah. of everything I listen to, you all talk about, and I've listened to several of your suggested podcasts. It is not easy to get access for any, and, and I consider myself quite um, privileged to be able to take advantage of those things, and it's mm. still difficult, but virtual is a great idea. Um, hmm. I thought we were doing better at that. Is that, and I, that's sort of, I need to, I need to hear more. <laughs> I think it just depends on, first of all, 57, I'm not afraid of technology. Right. Some people my age and older are, I mean, for my mother, when she was in her eighties, Hey mom, let's get on a virtual call with no the doctor. Way, yeah. She, no way. Yeah. No way. So I think a lot of it just depends on your comfort, how comfortable you are in that world. Mm. Okay. All right. And speaking of languages, isn't the spelling of your name, <laughs> uh, the male spelling for Michelle in French? So I tell people it was the 60s and my parents were on drugs, which is not true. Uh, there's a whole story about how I came to be called that, spelled that way. But um, it was normal until I was 18 and went to get a driver's license. By normal, I mean C-A-G-L-L-E. Mom didn't like how differently the way it is spelled now. She put it on my birth certificate. So she just changed it and never changed my birth certificate. Is it, isn't it a French spelling? Isn't that what that is? It is It is a little bit, but I think yeah. she was just really looking for phonetics. Michelle, you know, I don't know. Michelle. She would have no, yeah, Michelle. I don't know. It's, it's a great story though. Oh I know. my God, I know. the 60s. This really the 70s. Yeah. 60s, everyone was just out of it. 70s is when they did their, their horrible things. Man, right. maybe everybody says this, but those were the days. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I never thought we'd get near it again, but here we are. I know. All right. Thank you all. Thanks, Thanks so much. Shot. You bet. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, all right. This is um, written. I'm going to get... Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Uh, written. What happened here? Let's get that up here. It's weird. Sometimes, Caleb, when I push on the invite to speak, they go back into the into the audience as a listener, and, and I don't know why that is.
Oh, there she is. Or he. I don't know who it is. There's also a little egg. No, I know, but it's weird. It happens when I... Hi there. Written? No, Written? I'm, I'm sorry. I had to depart because oh, my Chris. kids were being bad. <laughs> okay. What's going my on? My kids were fighting over a stick and I had to break it up. Sorry. Ah, got it. Are you giving them sticks again? I know. Are they puppies? Absolutely. They love them. <laughs> yes, they are. I put them in a crate and everything. It's wonderful. <laughs> What's Whatever going on? Works. What's up? I'm actually calling uh, because a friend recently revealed to me she was having a problem, went to the doc, had surgery. She had a cyst removed from around her ovary, mm -hmm. and they looked inside it, and it had teeth and hair. Yeah. This a... wonderful friend of mine is so convinced she had a twin. No, it's just a teratoma. <laughs> yeah, those are really common. Those are really common. There is such a thing as as a, you know, an conjoint twin kind of thing or a twin that migrated somewhere but this, this is just a cyst this is a dermoid it's called a dermoid it it's called a dermoid cyst it's a it's a germ cell cyst so it has it's pluripotent and it starts to grow abnormally but it still has that potential to differentiate into any cell type so you'll get teeth and bone and eyeballs and all kinds of things everything oh god eyeballs she just had teeth and hair and she was like, you're not going to believe it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I had another person growing inside me. I'm like, well, this isn't the first time. She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no she, you don't mean the devil. You mean, you mean not just a devil, but uh, yes, okay. Yeah, but all right, I will let her know. Thank you so yeah, much. They're called, uh, it's called, just look up dermoid cysts. They're very, 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 very common. It's not, not, oh, I'm sure that'll be fun. Thank you so much. Okay, all right. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Ethan. Let's get Ethan up here. Whoops. All right, hold on. Ethan, there we go. Uh, Ethan, go right ahead there. Uh, hey, hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, man. Uh, so I've, I've got a, a non-medical question. Uh, I was just hoping to get your opinion. Okay. Uh, so uh, as you may have heard, the... Uh, the Biden administration, they sort of recently changed the definition of the uh, of an economic recession. Uh, so it was it was two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's sort of a like a broader, more intricate definition of economic decline. Yeah. Uh, and given your role in the uh, the rational revolution. OK. Uh, <laughs> keep well, mind tight. So, so here here's your mom's house. Thank you. Hi, mommy. Yes, sir. Um, so, uh, you know, it's funny. I saw that all happening. And, and you know what the most disturbing part about it was for me? Is that Wikipedia, and I tweeted about this today, and Elon, I think, I don't know if it was Elon Musk or somebody else pointed it out. Um, Wikipedia changed their definition of recession and then locked the Wikipedia page. And that yeah. was disturbing to me. Because I, I don't claim to be someone that should be involved in determining the definitions of economic terminology. But I would like to be able to go somewhere where people are allowed freely to express their their consensus. And the fact that Wikipedia locked it, I was shocked. I was really shocking to me. Wikipedia is bad enough with all the bullshit that ends up on there. And But for me, you know, again, when you're the object of these things, you realize how far off they go. But okay, at least it's you know it's it's a it's a you know a, what what do you a, what do you call it where there's a platform where everybody goes a um, crowdsourced open space kind of thing crowdsource exactly open space crowdsource source and uh, but now we have a definition changed midstream and I saw I saw somebody tell a joke yesterday or the day before um, and again I'm I'm a moderate I'm independent I have no horse in the Republican or Democrat race, but I thought this was funny that uh, somebody tweeted, what do Democrats fear most? And the answer was a dictionary. And I thought, wow, that's very interesting because that's so much of what's going on right now. And then I saw a quote from George Orwell that I almost retweeted, but I didn't because it was I didn't want the trouble. But it was, uh, uh, I almost want to read it. Um, if I can find it quickly, but I doubt I'll be able to. But in any event, he was just saying how, you know, the changing names and changing, you know, meanings of the of everything in the name of, in his, you know, from his perspective, in the name of the party, which is, you know, George Orwellian stuff. Um, he was warning about that. 
and let's see if I can quickly find it. So did, is that okay? Did I did I do the rational revolution uh, adequate? Oh yeah, adequate yeah, service. Definitely. Okay, all right. I appreciate the call. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank right. you. You bet. Uh, okay. Give me now. You're all going to sit here while I look quickly through if I can find that quote because it always drives me crazy when I'm going to reference something and I can't find it. Doesn't look like I'm going to be able to. It was on the sort of the general stream. At, oh yeah, by the way, Susan, do you know that uh, Barbara Ferrer did not impose the max the mask I am. Mandate. I heard she had some pushback. <laughs> like <laughs> reality was knocking on the door <laughs> everywhere, and reality was saying, uh, "Hello." Well, it's nice to know that we can override her kingdom now. Well, but I'm sorry, but there's worse news ahead, which she's talking about closing schools down again. Oh. which is even more disgusting and more her? awful and more insane. I, what is wrong with her? That's right. What is wrong with her is the question. She's buying the communist plot. No, she's not She's not a clinician. She's not even a scientist. She's a sociologist. People can't keep saying she's a social worker. I don't believe that's she's true. She's a socialist worker. I think she's a sociologist. A sociologist. No, and I don't think she... <laughs> and I just don't think she knows how to... And then she feels somehow above the consensus of her peers. I know. Peers. Everybody's like, no, we don't, we're not going to do that. Yes, we are. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm responsible to blah, 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 blah. Uh, she, okay. I wonder, I wonder what she does at night. She's so weird. Um, maybe she's, we ought to look for her on what we do in the shadows. Maybe that. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's what she does like at night. That. Maybe that's where she goes. Oh, you're really hitting below the belt. Humbly kidding. Joke. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> I know, but she makes so much money, and I heard that she's not a point. She, you can't. Are you doing your nails? Yeah, they, we can hear that loud and clear. I, I heard they can't. I heard that. I heard that she isn't voted in. That she's appointed. She's appointed. That's right. What does that means, mean? That I don't means get the it. The board of directors appoints her, and they can also undirect her, which is what. Well, uh, why are they? Well, at because that? they have. Uh, it's only. It's only. Uh, Catherine Barger and um, forgetting the other one's name that might be willing to do that. The other three aren't willing to allow that. So it's a it's a democracy there. Is that the same board that got you kicked off the yeah. homeless thing? Yeah, yeah, same board. Oh yeah. Well, we know how that works. Yeah, these are they're cowards. It's like a popularity contest. They're cowards. No, it's not even popularity because they don't worry about pop. They don't worry about the populace. They worry about the loud extremes that show up in their in their boardroom, whom they should never ever be listening to. Yeah, I've been on a board of directorship panel and, yeah yeah uh, but this is different and County. i know how that works everybody kind of everybody's you know careful about everything and changing the status quo and it's very uh, organized small groups very there it's That's small right. groups of people that are very organized you can always find a group of 500 people who can get onto any topic and they can go sure. crazy on social media and make their group seem like yep. they have 500,000 because they're being right. very loud yep. it doesn't mean that they're right it's but it's a, it's a a party of five. Right. Social media makes it seem like it's so much bigger, and then politicians especially become afraid that they're going to lose their jobs when really they're just going to lose mm -hmm. the 500 votes from those loud people. Yes, that's exactly And problems right. don't get solved. Well, I'm not finding the quote I was looking for. I call it a dictatorship of boredom. Well, it's, it's <laughs> they're not very bored. They're they're. Honey, well, COVID was like probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened to them, you mm. know, Could be. getting the power. Could be. All right. Let me go to some calls again. Sorry about that. So let's. Uh, I know. Keep Don't bring here. me into this. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Molly, what's going on there? Hi, Molly. Hey, how are you? I'm good. What's going on? Good. I had two things, but I'll start with one, if I may. Um, I had a question. I ha I'm a teacher and a parent of teenagers, and we have, you know, through the years, come across friends that have teenage kids that um, just, they're off, they're using um, marijuana is what the parents are saying, but they are, it doesn't, the behavior doesn't seem like what I used to know as marijuana behavior. Yeah, because the potency is so, so extreme right now that it is having massive neurobiological effects and developmental effects. And these... Like and psychosis. They're, we've seen they're that too. literally crazy. We've seen that, for sure. Uh, and the idea that, oh, they're just smoking pot, at least they're telling us that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. Right. You're, you're trying to protect a developing brain. What they do as an adult 
on them. But in adolescence, you have to have a zero tolerance for everything because it, it, it look, all the, there's alcohol, right? Which, right. You, which I would argue you should have zero tolerance on because every adverse health outcome you can name, you find alcohol, whether it's a pregnancy, a fight, an accident, an STD, uh, any a fall, and anything. You always find alcohol. And now we have cannabis and the other drugs which affect development and affect the emotional systems and have real serious effect on adolescent brains. No, it's no. There's no like, oh, we're, we're the cool parent. No, no, you're, you're right. sacrificing your kid's development. And, um, you know, I'm not saying you necessarily can't control all of it, but it's not, it may not be a parenting problem. There may be a mental health issue and you should treat it accordingly. Right, of course. Okay, okay that was, yeah, I was just curious, like, no, Obviously, it's a stronger, stronger it's, thing it's now. It's vastly stronger, and, and we are seeing more addictive behaviors, and we're seeing more of these mood problems and more thinking problems, where kids get really yeah. kind of paranoid and wild in their thinking. And I, I, I'm sure I would too if I took some of those da dabbing. Is seems to be the threshold issue. Yeah. So yeah. if you're using dabs and wax and all that stuff, which is essentially the crack of weed, you're gonna, uh. you're, you're into, you're into different territory. Okay. Got it. All right. Okay. One quick question also. Do you know if there's any studies going on um, with the kids that were out of school on from COVID and then back in? Like, a, I would love to see a long-term study of how those kids There's a, a lot of people looking at that. Uh, there's reports galore, as you can imagine, about the mental yeah. health consequences. It all looks bad now. But, yeah. but by the same token, people are wondering, are they going to be... Is it going to resolve? Is it going to get better? What's the time course right. going to be? And so, yes, there are people looking at it. As a teacher, uh, I've noticed just, I did a lot of, we, the whole, you know, you know the yeah. whole areas, we've done a lot of social emotional things with the kids every day. And they're mm -hmm. just, half the time we're like, these kids are like animals that just got released from the zoo. I have elementary kids and I love them, but I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids are just, they just got released into the wild. Yeah. It's just, I, it's I, crazy. I yeah. felt like that when my kids, I had triplets, so I was taking care of them for three years on my own, and they were animals. Uh -huh. They were animals. Yeah. They went to preschool, <laughs> and they just suddenly had a conscience, and they suddenly were under control because they had professionals helping them, you know, get right. through their day, not right. just me. Right. And I was like so grateful. But if they were three, if I had to take care of them until they were six or eight, they, they'd be exactly like they were when they were four. Yeah. Cause they're, I just yeah. don't have the capacity, you know, No, we them. were, we were uh, to this day. I have like, I get emotional when I think about the teachers that were involved in our kids under age 10, really. And uh, yeah. the gratitude we feel for what you do. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm yeah. grateful all the way along. But, so grateful. But the, the, back then, we were like, we were in desperate straits. But you're, so. getting handed, right. you're getting handed two or three years of kids that were in isolation. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Just, it's crazy. I can't yeah. imagine. That would be a tough They're age. Academically and emotionally, just definitely behind trying to catch them up as quickly as we can what do you what what's your what's your instinct what are you observing do you think we're going to get there at some point or are they going to leave a certain percentage behind because of this i don't know i hate to say that i think that um the ones that went through it they're just gonna keep getting pushed forward mm -hmm. and um you know they may have some spots you know some empty learning spots that we're just going to keep pushing them forward um like i said we they are the districts are implementing a lot of social emotional stuff so Good. i spent so much time doing that more than you know the basic reading writing arithmetic um so yeah i think we're just going to keep going and those kids that were in that little window of covid are going to get pushed through and then we'll just keep working with the ones that keep coming up and We'll like see. Nothing ever happens. We'll see. I don't know. I would probably send my kids to summer school instead of yeah. camp every year. Yeah, I would yeah. just yeah. like do year-round sure. schooling yeah. until they start catching up. It's a good idea. Yeah. But if you yeah. if you're going to be competitive, you know what I mean. Like when they get to high school, you know, if they want to go to fancy colleges, they're going to have to do that. But I mean, maybe they should just 
hold off on going to college in a year until they get what they you know what I mean or make it easier on them in the it's hard in the to know it really is hard to know how we're gonna how we're gonna operationalize this I mean I know like my boys had reading disabilities and I had to take them to tutors and have their brains reprogrammed and then they had to go through all these training programs alone without you know if they were being homeschooled it would be the worst because I had to take them to people you know, because Douglas had that brain surgery when he was a baby, and Jordan just had reading disabilities. He w he was on the top at the top of the class in math, but he couldn't read. And um, in the first first grade, you know, I had to go to all these different tutors and and uh, psychologists just for that because they were triplets, yeah. I guess. But but I can't imagine not having those resources during COVID. I I don't know what I would do. Well, thanks, Molly. Right. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Bye. All right, we've got more calls coming up. I see you guys all there with your hands up. We will try to get to them. Take a little break first. I think we have found the holy grail of skincare. Genucel has absolutely changed, certainly my skincare regimen. I like that vitamin C serum, the under eye creams, skin nourishing primer. Susan loves the eyelash enhancers, uses it on her eyebrows as well. Genucel has everything to make us both feel and look amazing. Best part, the quality of the products. Using pure ingredients like antioxidants, copper peptides, and a proprietary calendula flower base. Genucel knows how to formulate products to perfection without irritation. For Susan, she hates that annoying dry area under nose during allergy season, like right here. She's tried everything, but no matter what, the skin is flaky and dry. Nothing seemed to help until she started using Genucel's Silky Smooth XV Moisturizer. Soaked right into the skin. She was hooked after one use and now loves all of their products as well. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. Right now, you can try Genucel's most popular collection of products and see what I'm talking about for yourself. Go to Genucel.com and enter code DREW for 10% off. That is G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com, and the code is D-R-E-W. The Parallel Economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, oh, boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. Susan, any follow-on to that? Well, I do love the eye creams. Yes, you do. But, you know, I was we, yesterday Caleb was saying that he gets, he gets zits on his face and he hasn't had them ever since he's using the yes. skin reddening, yes, anti-reddening cream. His wife, unfortunately, is yeah, but she doesn't get to pick at him. You have she a hard tries. time with using any creams because yes, you use so much retinol on your face, retin-A. No, I have no, I have a problem because I, I use the retinols because I have adult acne. And so anything yeah, I put but on, after that, work. your skin gets really red and using that cream seems to work on your skin yeah. and lessens the redness. Yeah. And, and the eye stuff too. I like that. Yeah. So I've been doing it, that. And it works in 24 hours. It's great. Yep. There you go. So uh, thank you for supporting that, supporting us. They have these like cool packages too that you can go on the website and then put your skin type in and they'll tell you which packages work. So we're going to have our own package on oh, there. Oh, cool. 
Um, Caleb, once again, I can't get on Rumble for some reason. Are you on the rants, Susan? I am. Anything yeah, going on it. over there? Okay. Jahep isn't Anything here. going yeah, on? Um, yeah. Oh, no yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not stirring it up over there. Everybody's, oh, Jahep just made it. Okay, well, there he what is. What do you know? Yeah, we have a few people over there. Are there um, questions over there? I can't quite see it. So We, we need some questions from the ranties. From the, the ranties. Rumble, Rumble ranties. Ranters, I got it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Okay. So let's go to the calls again. Here we go. Uh, Diane was over there. Meta. Did Meta stands come up here? Meta. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey there. How are you doing? Good. I used to listen. I used to listen to you when I was like 17. Now I'm 44 on (laughs) K-Rod. That's crazy. This is the first time we speak. Uh, I'll have a question. Uh, how can you, uh, uh, like, I work in artificial intelligence, and I'm trying cool. to basically build models that provide better healthcare. But I'm not a doctor, mm. uh, and I want to do this all on crypto and globally. Is that against the law? Crypto and globally, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't do anything even across state lines in this country, let alone across uh, country boundaries. So, but is it is it against the law to use artificial intelligence to provide like advice mm, to people, even though it's not as, like as as one? I see what you're saying. Just as an inf- if you if you couch it as informational only and educational, you're fine. But if you're like as one, I, you know, I go to other states sometimes and I do things, and I always check in with the uh, their boards of medical quality assurance and whatnot to make sure I'm not running afoul of their state licensing. And the one thing they always tell me is said, okay, you're a physician, you're doing, you have medical knowledge, you're coming to our state, you're telling somebody to do something, you need a, li- you need a license and you are practicing medicine in our state, period, end. And now, so- now, now COVID changed that a little bit because we were able to do the uh you know the telemedicine stuff across state lines but they've closed that down again a little bit so states seem very unwilling to open this all up i don't know why so specifically i'm looking at radiology images x-rays things like that Mm -hmm. and 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 it could help society immensely you know but i don't want to well uh, so you you what you should what seems to me makes sense is if you had an AI that could give like a second opinion, uh, it makes you may That's have to go. Exactly you may have looking. to go to every state to get the approval for that. That you're going to need a lot, a big legal team <laughs> to deal with this. Medicine is encumbered. All every what you can't even imagine the encumbrances legally for every everything you try to do. Uh, but you get the right legal team, and they could figure that out. It sounds like some. I I know that. Uh, radiologists themselves are looking forward to this kind of thing. So there's there's stuff. I, I mean, I'm sure you can. It, you'll figure it out. Let's put it that way. It sounds like it has great utility, and I, I strongly, I strongly support you in just moving things forward. This is a uh, Cobra. Get Cobra. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Cobra. You got to unmute your mic. There's a microphone in the lower left hand corner. You got to. There. Hey, man. Hey, Dr. Drew, uh, this is incredible talking to you. I can't believe it. Uh, I listen to old love lines all the time. Oof. Woo. <laughs> from from uh, Giovanni, his collection? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is that like? What is that? Tell me what, what motivates you to do that. What's that? What's that like? It's so of its time. It's so it's it's interesting to me that people listen to that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I've listened to it for years, you know, like, and it just, it's like a touchstone for me. Like I remember what Loveline episode I was listening to right before I moved to California to join the border patrol, you know, like, uh, it's, I, I just, I love listening to it. And I mean, Adam and you are just there. You're great. And it's entertaining. And uh, I mean, the calls, I can listen to the same show and, you know, still be entertained because, you don't really remember exactly what everybody was asking, but right, right. And great right. too. Interesting. <laughs> it's so, so it's- funny. I found some old Loveline tapes in the garage. Like, I don't know, we were cleaning out the garage and I found like a pile of these, you know, tapes that Drew had had in the back of his car and ended up huh. in my garage. And I called Giovanni and I'm like, Hey Giovanni, I just found this, 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 and this. And he goes, Oh, 
oh my god send them to me so i would i ship them to him and he puts them all on a hard drive and he uploads them i mean this is his passion so you have to give him a shout out Please. for all the hard Giovanni, work Giovanni, thank you for you know, free you know we appreciate what you're doing you're you're your audience, they're your audience that you're building there. They really appreciate I it. I wish that he should have had like a, you know, some kind of a GoFundMe or something. Yeah, for doing that. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Poor Jesus, to... he's like a tortured soul too, you know. <laughs> he's, he's just had so much bad luck. I know, it's true. He, he's had an interesting life. It's that's true, sure. but he loves his work. He loves doing that for us. And I'm, I'm really happy that the radio station didn't give us crap about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because we ne you never... I mean, we could have turned those into podcasts in the olden days. We could still do that, actually, if we want to. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Maybe I just have to get it's all on a hard drive. We have all this audio. Oh, Gianni, it's Giovanni. Uh, Giovanni I have the I have the hard drive in our in our office. It's got everything on. He did a lot of work on it. So let him uh, be the beneficiary. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on? Uh, well, um, I you know. In the vein of like Loveline, I kind of had a relationship question. Right, you know, good. I just put with my girlfriend, and uh, I just wanted to bounce it off of you to see what your thoughts were because uh, it just circumstances happened to where I moved from where I was living in California out to Arizona, and um, my parents were living in Lake Havasu. Well, my dad and my stepmom, they were living in Lake Havasu, and they moved out of there and they were living with me for a little while. And, um, eventually we bought this house in Arizona. Well, I bought the house and they're living with me. They kind of moved in with me Your parents. and the girlfriend that I had had big fucking problems with that. Oh, sorry. It's curse. Okay. That's right. Um, and, uh, I just wondered what your thoughts on that were because she was like, really had issues with it. It's, you know, I, I don't know even, you can't, let's see, where should we start with this? A lot of people have trouble with our life scripts. That's sort of the way you would, you would and our values. And if your values and your scripts don't line up, it's hard to compromise because those are very deeply held beliefs. So evidently in your belief system and your values, Giving your bringing your parents in, bringing multiple generations in is something you value deeply, and for her, she it gives her no regard other than it's a pain in the ass for her. She can't navigate in her home. Essentially, she's encumbered in her house, and you know one of the ways to deal with that is to make sure that they're kind of separate living environments. But if you can't do that, there there's not I don't know how you would compromise that. Right, because it, it, people that don't want to live around somebody's parents really don't want to live around somebody's parents. Susan, what would happen if I brought my parents in to, uh, let's say, a Hollyburn when we were in a little house for living years? with us? Mm. Oy vey. Mm -hmm. How would that have been? Oh no, no, it would be difficult. How about if you started saying you wanted your dad to come live with us? <laughs> he would never do that in a million years but we did talk about him living in the pool house for a while remember? yeah but that's again that's separate living space and it made me nervous yeah so. but that's here not at hollyburn yeah what does she say what is her sort of position? i mean listen i mean these have been hard times for everybody and during covid we really learned how to connect as a family mm -hmm. so maybe it would be different now i don't know cobra what what um what does she say about this what's her position well, you know, it's obviously a lot of drama and um, what happened that really sort of was the thing that, uh, you know, because she would come over here and she would hang out and everything, but she ended up having problems with my stepmom. And, you know, to give her credit, you know, the stepmom has a drinking problem. Mm. And so, you know, there was one time in particular where she was just... Uh, in a state and you know acting a fool mm. and she was yelling at my dad and she was throwing stuff into the pool and you know and grace uh, that name my girlfriend um she uh she decided that she was going to go out there and uh try to put her in her place and yeah. say like you need to you need to calm down or else I'm going to call the police and apparently that was a big thing and then then we we left and we went upstairs and then my stepmom came in and she kind of threatened to beat her up or <laughs> kick her ass or whatever but I mean she was she was 
blotto. She was drunk, you know, and it, but my girlfriend wanted to say, well, make a, a big deal out of it. And she refused to even come over here anymore if she was here. And I don't know. It, it, it a, is a big deal. I mean, imagine if a man had done that. What if it was the father, your father had done and threatened to hurt her physically? Loaded or not. Listen, this is part of your stepmom's illness. And uh, and she now has crossed a line where she's threatened somebody else. I hope she feels guilt and shame about it. I hope she wants to apologize and hope she wants it motivates her to want to do something about her alcoholism. But if it doesn't, I don't I don't really blame your girlfriend because it's only going to get worse. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. Well, she, uh, my, my stepmom, to, she, uh, she tried to bury the hatchet and said, like, look, I'll have her over here and apologize. And, but my girlfriend wasn't having any of it. And mm. yeah, women get, they get resentful. Yeah. They, they just they don't, don't, sometimes a, a they man, just don't. A man can come in and shake hands. That women, yeah, we don't on, give up. No, we, they hang on to stuff. And, and for good reason, we're very protective of ourselves. Well, it, it, I, dude, it's a really challenging. It might take problem. time. She might get yeah. over it eventually. But. She might. I, 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 don't know. I mean, I, I would keep them all separate uh, for sure. I, I think uh, I would really strongly recommend that the the stepmom get some treatment for alcoholism, start attending meetings if she possibly can. I mean, if your girlfriend sees that kind of movement in the right direction, maybe she'll be different. Um, but I, I, you know, your girlfriend is not wrong. She's not wrong. And it's not just that she doesn't want to be around your parents. It's that she's literally been threatened by an alcoholic who was intoxicated. And that's uh, pretty serious stuff. I mean, it, it, the reality is the fact that she didn't call the police is, is sort of extraordinary and that she was sort of, I'm sure, holding back on, you know, the, when people have that much consequence from their alcoholism, you need to let the consequences fall. Uh, this is really more about the alcoholism than about your parents living with you. Because it's not as though this started with your girlfriend. I'm sure she didn't like your parents living there. But this wasn't, I don't, I won't be around when your parents are around. This was now your stepmom was loaded, acting crazy, threatened me physically. We're into some different territory here. Um, has anybody, everybody seen Bill Burr's um, Red Rocks comedy? Susan, we saw that last night. Yeah, I saw it. He does a whole rant about uh, how women treat each other, and it, it's it it is spot on. Did you did you take anything away from that? I missed that one. Did I see no, that? No, yeah, you did. He was just saying exactly what this was. You were saying with this was women. You, you know, he was saying that the question was what why do the WNBA players get paid paid less than the NBA players? And he said because the feminists don't the women don't go to their games. They don't sell enough tickets because the people that are supposed to be interested in supporting them and in their and involved in their careers don't buy the tickets. And uh, then he does a whole thing about um, women not supporting each other and, and how when things get bad, they they hang on to it. Here's somebody, a question. Um, it's true. Oh, where'd he go? This, there was a I market. tried to teach Paulina how to let go of her her um grudges you know resentment. because she or resentment yeah she'd get mad and then she would just hold it forever and i used to say you gotta let it go you know you should try to be friends again so for sure um so uh the monkeypox thing is still uh circulating around there yeah people want to know if they should get the vaccine look right now it's it's limited to risk it's nearly limited to risk populations we need to give those who are which is men who have sex with men. Yes. And we need to allow that group to be fully vaccinated before we start vaccinating everybody. It really, you think of discriminatory, they keep saying it's discriminatory. It's discriminatory if we're not allowed to deliver what that group needs to stay safe. And if we're not uh, able to identify a risk population, how can we deliver efficiently to that group? Well, so, what about women who have anal sex? If, if they, they're not typically having that anal sex with men who have sex with men. And by okay. the way, it's just it, already spreading through look, the gay population. I, I just population, read, a, I read right? an excellent thread by a physician who's gay and he got it at a campground where he was dancing in a, in close contact with other gay men without clothes on. It was clothing optional. Seriously? Campground. They were dancing. Everybody got monkeypox, And they were naked. Or whatever. They were, they were close to that. And, and the point being. No that, penetration. 
I don't know. I, I think I, they, I don't, the, I don't they don't want to say that. They're I'm, always afraid I'm to say I'm saying I don't think that's necessary. That is not necessary. That's an efficient way to transmit it, but just close contact will transmit it. Now, much like with HIV, eventually it gets to non-risk populations. But if we can contain it in the risk population by vaccinating everybody, we're going to be fine. But for people who have zero risk of making direct intimate contact with the the current risk population don't waste the vaccine over there now if it breaks out big time yes of course everybody will get the vaccine and uh, there seems to be some <laughs> ashley saying i'm a lesbian we're the least effective group right now <laughs> i suppose that's true um good eye uh, aside from the monkeypox, the campground sounds awesome. It's Wiz Chris. I know. I want to go to that party. <laughs> it does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Reminds me of an episode at the uh, Monster one time. <laughs> the, oh yeah, Jesus. They had. They used to have like it's underwear a gay, parties a in there. Gay bar we go to and and sing karaoke. I don't karaoke. know if they have those anymore. One of the gay bars we go to to sing karaoke. By the way. Uh, wow. This is Tom, I believe. I love gay bars. Tom, uh, Tom, what's up? Yes. But maybe you should be getting the monkeypox hey. vaccine. Maybe. Susan. But go ahead, Tom. Hey, Doctor Drew. Hey, buddy. Uh, uh, we've spoken in the past. Um, I just I have a specific medical question for myself, but okay. I had to piggyback on what you were saying uh, with the last caller. Um, five years ago, my wife got sober, mm. and coming off of that, I was having troubles adjusting and i talked to you and you recommended al-anon yeah and boy lifesaver i mean good wonderful good. wonderful wonderful good so thank you so much our family so, is oh that's is great so really just the simplest way i think about it your wife is now growing and changing and becoming a different person you got to catch up with her with your own program and good for you for doing that right so i thought when she came she went to treatment came back got in the aa mm -hmm. did like 90 meetings in 90 days really got in good and uh i thought everything was going to be tiptoe through the tulips and mm -hmm. uh, turns out i had uh things to work on <laughs> so anyway your 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 recommendation to get into alan on um, good Beautiful. really broke me through so Beautiful. thank you very much well done uh, yes so that's five years but um covid i had covid in january mm. i was not vaccinated it was, you know, I was sick for three days or so, five days, I was totally fine. Two months later, I notice my hair is thinning. I have a very full head of hair. And yeah. now, eight months later, I'm like, holy crud, I, I, I might, you know, I've, I've lost like 40% of my hair. Oh, how, how like long? How long? Eight months? Uniformly, though. Eight months? And so it was, it was. It was First part of January, so seven, seven. Okay, months. and have you yeah. read about that? Only that it's a thing. I, not, I, not, I, isn't it more reported with the vaccine? Even is that what I'm remembering right? That I, 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 I must confess that. Yeah, know. but well, I do, I do know I can see my scalp now, and I'm. Uh, uh, known for my hair kind of guy. People yeah, go, oh my God, I, I would go see. A, so I would go see a dermatologist uh, immediately. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, they, there's something called telogen effluvian, where your hair, any any serious illness and pregnancy typically will do this too, will cause your hair to sort of, you know, each hair has its own growth cycle. It grows and then it falls out. Right. But telogen effluvian yes. is where all the hairs start to cycle together, and then they all okay. fall out together. And then they come back yeah. together too. That's a very, it comes back very quickly. But th I don't know that that's what this is. It kind of has okay. that quality. Um, and yeah, if it's I'm not, I'm not, no, it's not like my pillow's full of hair every morning. No, I, I, I get I am it. I'm seeing more hair in the sink and things like that. And I can, you know, I'm seeing a shine. I, I don't have yeah. enough experience with telogen okay. effluvian to know whether it can be sort of slower like this. But I will tell okay. you this. There is a lot of treatment now for alopecia of various types. Are you losing your okay. eyebrows and stuff too or just the hair in no, your head? No, it's, yeah. it's strictly on my head yeah. and it seems to be the, the you know standard male pattern, you know, yeah. crown. 
Yeah. So, um, so a lot, you know, there's, there's lots not, of not receding. It's not, my hairline's not receding, but the, the density of my hair on my crown is, it's like uniformly thinner. And is it in a, in a round spot? Is it, or is it throughout your scalp? It's, it's throughout. So it's yeah. from, you know, yeah. about yeah. The, the width of my eyes straight back yeah. like a mohawk. Yeah. Beautiful. Anti-Mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, there, there is a lot of medicine now. A lot of these rheumatic, new rheumatic medicines you see on TV, they're being advertised. They, they yeah. are being used for uh, various kinds of alopecia, and they work like a son of a bitch. So go see a dermatologist for sure, for sure, for sure. So uh, you can't see the rumble rants? I cannot. What is it? All What's, right. So I sent one on your phone. I showed you the... Somebody asked a you question. You sent it on my phone. What does that mean? I sent you a, a, text. Oh, a snapshot of the... The question. Okay, I think sorry. it was. <clears throat> I think it was um, Rumble Dime One Two Three. Mm-hmm. First, he said, "Serious question: What position is Drew really in this volatile environment?" And I said, "What?" And yeah, what does he mean? And um, then he said, um, "Was Fauci a part of HIV introduction?" I don't know if that was his question or if it just came up next. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying, you guys. If you have questions, go ahead. Are, are you saying? Are they saying that Fauci brought HIV to the environment? Oh, come on, <laughs> please. It is. Uh, oh, all right. Rumble. Let me see what you said. Oh, Rumbleys, yeah. we love you. The broader risk. Wait, wait. Okay. What Just is, ask questions that we can answer. What position is Drew really in this volatile environment? Uh, the border recession. Is that, um, I am. I don't like the excesses on either side. That's the, that's my real position. And I am circumspect about everything. So I don't have the, I don't feel confident in having very strong opinions about certain things. Um, but I, I don't like, I don't like the overreach. I don't like the mandating. I don't like all that stuff. I, I, I sort of, I thought I was a libertarian at one time. I am not, uh, I want the government to solve problems. So I'm, you know, libertarians that I know, don't think the way I think. Um, but I I generally, like for instance, this recent uh, legislation that the Congress is moving through, I'm generally kind of sad and happy with that. I mean, it's not, doesn't really acknowledge a lot of the priorities that I have, but some of the stuff that they're solving in there, I'm like, yes, I'm interested in government moving things forward, solving people's problems, allowing us to thrive, not just being in an ideological cloud all the time. Let's do what works. I'm, I, I've been said for years, I'd, I'd sign up for a pragmatist party. Let's just do things that solve problems for patient, for people. And uh, that generally means putting forces in place that allow them to thrive and solve problems for themselves. That that's how you do it, generally speaking. So that's my that's my general position. Knowing exactly how to do that, I, I'm not hubristic enough to to have strong strong feelings. I generally, when the overreach, like the mask mandates, to me is extremely disturbing because the science doesn't work. Doesn't work. And if you want to protect yourself with an N95, you should do so. But to have somebody mandating that everybody walk around with that, what if I don't care to protect myself? I've been exposed to Omicron massively in the last three weeks. I spent three days in Susan, three days in a room with Susan. She had it actively. I got nothing. (laughs) My daughter had it. I flew on a plane with her and I I shared a yoga with her. Nothing. So my immunity is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, And so. But you had the Delta before you got the vaccine. Correct. So I I seem to have. You've only had one vaccine. Correct. And, and I and I've had the and I just seem to have pretty good strong immunity. And he had COVID again after that. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen. And it was a nothing burger. Like BB, you didn't even think you had it. Uh, you BB, you're asking about Dr. Prasad's Sensible Medicine podcast. Yes, and also his other podcast. Um, oh crap! I found it long before anybody else had heard of him. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, I retweet his stuff all day long. I, I, I retweet his stuff. We've had uh, him on the show. We're we've had have him on the back. show several times, and uh, and we're going to have him back. And I also retweet plenary Monica session. Gandhi stuff all the time. So those are plenary sessions. Thank you. Th- those are the two physicians you can lean hard on. And also, um, 
Z Dog. Oh, Z Dog also. These, these are people that oh, like are him. sensible. They're reading the literature. They're looking at the science. They're studying it. They're and they also know where there is no science or the science says something different than what the government is mandating. And that becomes infuriating at a certain point because it, it's sort of disgusting. What are we doing? What is, what is this all about? But there's something and especially like, when you know it harms people. There's it something harms that makes kids you feel good about school. yourself for covering your face for everybody else, and you don't even know that it doesn't work. But it's just such a social virtual. So, you know, that's, virtual that's signal, virtue signaling. That's that. disturbing. That's back into the ideological cloud. That's disturbing. People shouldn't have to signal each other their virtuousness. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's, and dis- that's deeply troubling to me. I thought at the beginning, like, if you got the vaccine, you wouldn't have to wear the mask. And then if you didn't have the vaccine, you'd be wearing the mask. But Look, then we'd all know who didn't the get vaccine, the vaccine. And- even the vaccine mandates is concerning. Uh, I, I'm concerned about... And I'm definitely concerned about passports. I got I got in trouble for saying, hey, when you create a passport for vaccine, right. you create an outgroup. And oh, by the way, most of the unvaccinated are African-Americans. Yes. And they have a reason for not trusting uh, the, the medical system that is quite justified. I think so it's if not you want to wear a mask, wear a goddamn mask. You of know course what I mean? But don't look of down course. at me because I don't want to. That's what's disturbing about it. This Us, them, tribes, oh, it's deeply concerning. We should be rowing in the same direction. Um. Yes, vaccinate. Yes, BB. BB. I agree with everything those guys are saying. She's on. She's on um, my restream talking about YouTube. She's talking about the the positions that uh, Prasad and Zubin have taken about uh, you know these mandates for college students and these masks for college. It's just it's just non scientific bullshit. And so why why they would take these positions is sort of especially institutions that are supposed to be steeped in science it's very very concerning it's so that's frustrating that's problematic uh that's how i really feel i think we have to re-educate everybody on the science of catching a cold and getting over it like everybody's like feels so guilty for getting sick we need to go over death and dying we need to go over what how biology works the the younger generation we we need to we need to talk about what it means to have a good life and guess what get running walking through the world trying to have a good life is dangerous a lot of the time and will not be be pleasant in terms of the biological things that happen to you that that's in the nature of the human experience and if we want to or do we want to shelter in place? Do we want to sit in a room by ourselves? No. Is that a life? I'd rather not live, frankly. I don't. I don't know that that's a life. I don't know that. that I, I may mean, guess because we have electronic media, people can sort of get a facsimile going, and sort of it's it's better than it would have been. I mean, think about the how horrible this would have been without Zoom and without electronic media. It's just technology. Yeah. So without your television studio to keep you right, in, the, right, exactly. in the world. Oh yeah, my God, exactly. what a crazy thing we went through. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yes, exactly. All right. So uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me and for asking your questions. They've all been very great. And very, I appreciate y'all. Is uh, Rumble Rant satisfied with my little thing there? No, he left. Okay. He didn't like your answer. He said you were too neutral. Okay, perfect. He took off. Too neutral. Fantastic. Yeah, too neutral over there. Yeah, we're we're going to... We're gonna come back at you with a little Kelly victory once a week and keep it keep it a rumble. Yeah, Kelly is more your probably your uh, point of view. Yeah. I'm interested in talking to Kelly, so we're gonna do some rumble special rumble shows. I want to have Doctor Prasad back too. Yeah, well, let's bring him back on this one for sure. He's he's very well. Busy. We're gonna do it on all of them until we you know get kicked off of YouTube and then we'll go to rumble. Well, Prasad is uh, I. He he. The reason I used to watch, listen to plenary sessions is his ability to read medical literature was exquisite and remains as such. He knows. You, we opened this show by talking a little bit about my reading a New England Journal article about vitamin D supplementation. He reads very complicated oncological studies and has a, a frame to understand them because he understands the full the full landscape of other studies that are out there and has analyzed them and thought about them. And so when you read a single study, you put it in the context of other research that's out there. He does that incredibly well. He knows what he's talking about. And he's done that all through COVID. So he's able to do that with the infectious disease literature as well. And it's he's been spot on about everything. And it's really hard to do that when the information is very, very, it is evolving quickly and it's a moving target. But he certainly knows where there is inadequate is inadequate uh, research to be able to do and make the claims that, for instance, the CDC made, the LA County Health Director made. These are there is no science to make do the things they did. In fact, 
empirically, it looks like it harms people and they seem unyielding and unwilling to look at the empiric data and just stay with this, this monolithic view, which is, again, not supported by science and hurts people. That's not who we want making decisions for us. And that is how centralized authority harms. It's how why medicine authority can't be centralized. You you have the the nuance of the needs of a given individual should be determined by a medical provider, not by somebody in an ivory tower somewhere from on high. That is how you hurt people. I will try to find that uh, George Orwell quote. I'm distracted by that, and I will uh, put it up on Twitter somewhere. So it, it was pretty interesting. It's Just, all the things we're doing now. George Orwell saw as. Uh, Something that could easily happen. I just got some good news for you okay. and Rumble. Yes, I just booked Alex Berenson. As soon as we, he says, the sooner the better. So, yeah, that was pretty easy. Um, yeah, so we'll have to figure that out. We're going to be traveling next week, unfortunately, and um, Friday maybe we'll do an Ask Doctor Drew with just you guys, which I love. By the way, we have a huge audience right now. It's and people are getting their questions answered, and we're talking about great stuff. So we'll do that again a couple days a week, hopefully. Um, and then we'll be back maybe Friday of next week. We're not sure. Okay. And then but the, the following, following week, week, we'll pick up again. We are back. So. Uh, well, sort of. <laughs> it's still sort of a weird. It'd be probably Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Monday, then. Tuesday, yeah. Thursday. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we so, we're doing some traveling, but yeah. we're still gonna do the show from New York, yeah. and um, maybe we can have Alex come in. That'd be great. And we're going to visit the mommies. We're going to Austin on Monday. That's what's really taking us out. So we'll be doing back at your mom's house, jeans uh, at Studio Jeans. So and I I saw Tom <laughs> did a tour of Studio Jeans. If you want to see it, it's up there around on the internet. So and we also have a new guest this week. You got to check her out. She's pretty cute. So um, Susan likes her. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll have a preview of it at all the right. end of the episode. We'll all right, perfect. And we will see you all yeah. let me make this correct. Next Friday, Susan, is that correct? Uh next Friday, possibly after Gutfeld, if we aren't if okay. we can, you know, squeeze in and ask Dr. Drew in between. Okay, perfect. Okay, we'll see you then. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Yeah.